This is Mitch Peterson, and you're listening to General Conference Applied. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Today, we will be discussing Elder Quentin L. Cook's April 2023 General Conference Address, which was entitled Safely Gathered Home. Now, last week, during Episode 7, where we discussed Elder Bednar's talk, I committed to coming up with five meaningful ways that I could make Christ the center of my life and all that I do. And I also invited you to reach out to me and share some of those meaningful ways that you came up with, if that's something that you went forward with. And I had one person reach out to me and share their items as well. And so all of this will be shared in the show notes. So this is my early plug this week. Last week, I think I put in a plug about mid-episode, but put in an early plug that the show notes are very detailed, all the quotes and references and such that I share in this podcast episode can be accessed in the show notes. But let me let me share with you a few of those five ways that I came up with to make Christ the center of my life and all that I do. One thought that I had was to spread the good news of Jesus Christ by donating to the Chosen TV series. I was down and out for a couple of days this week with a stomach bug and happened upon a YouTube video with The Chosen, and many of you may be familiar with The Chosen. It's a a drama series of Jesus Christ and his apostles. And if you haven't watched it, highly recommend it. Three seasons down, the fourth season, sounds like is going to be released coming up in January or February of 2024. Fantastic. It's taken my understanding and appreciation for the Savior and his his followers to a, a whole new level. But that show has been driven by donations. And so it's, it's pretty amazing, but I feel like I need to to do something to give back to what the series has given me. So that's That's one of the meaningful ways to make Christ the center of my life and all that I do. And I won't share all of these. You can go look at them in the show notes. But but one other that I just wanted to say was to stop yelling at my kids. And I I feel like this, this is something, I don't think I'm the only person who struggles with something like this. And I feel very vulnerable talking about this, but... I'm a very, sometimes I feel like I'm a very controlling person and I need to be more patient, especially with these, these young children who are in my home. And so that, that was something else that the spirit worked on me this week and, and encouraged me to work on. Okay, this, let's get started. And and so, as I mentioned, today's episode is Elder Quentin L. Cook's April, 2023 general conference address. It was entitled Safely Gathered Home. And basically the the premise is that each one of us has left our Heavenly Father's presence and ultimately he wants as many of his children to return to his presence as possible. And so obviously in this talk, we're going to talk a little bit about missionary and family history work, but there, there were some interesting things that stood out to me, and I found some good quotes and connections to different conference talks, and so I hope that something I say today benefits you. 
I have said this before, and I've shared this on social media, that before I start each of these episodes, I pray that something I say might benefit at least one person. And I know it sounds like maybe in last week's episode, I had a late edition of a quote from Elder Garrett W. Gong, and I actually had someone reach out to me and say that that quote impacted them. And so I'm grateful for who I'm becoming as I prepare for these podcast episodes, and I would encourage you to keep reaching out to me and holding me accountable and keeping me producing these, these episodes because I'm becoming a better person because of it. In each episode of General Conference Applied, we are attempting to answer two questions. The first, what is the speaker inviting me to do? And second, how might I consider taking action? And so first, what is Elder Cook inviting me to do? In this talk, I identified four directives or invitations. Here they are. First, as viewed through a a clear lens, members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have the great privilege of loving, sharing, inviting, and helping gather Israel to receive the fullness of the Lord's covenant blessings. Second, an essential part of this missionary effort is for individual members to become beacon light examples wherever we live. We cannot be in camouflage. Third, my specific prayer today is for every child, young man, young woman, family, quorum, relief society, and class to review how we individually and collectively accept dramatic counsel to help gather Israel that has been issued by the Lord and by our beloved prophet. And fourth, the Lord expects those who have received his gospel to urgently strive to be a beacon light example that will help others come to God. So to summarize those directives or invitations, I identified kind of three topics. The first is love, share, and invite. And we'll talk about that first. The second is to be what Elder Cook terms a beacon light example. When I think of a beacon, I think of a lighthouse up on a hill. And if I'm a sailor, a captain of a ship, trying to navigate treacherous waters and dock, that lighthouse can save not only my life, but the lives of those who are on that ship. And so how, as, as we discuss that topic later in this episode, think about ways that you can be a beacon light example to others, how they can look to you to overcome the the pull of the world. And, and going forward with that, so not only to be a beacon light example, but I, I identified in two ways. The first is in our observance of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but our second is in the way we care about and treat others. And then the third kind of summary or topic that I identified in those invitations is to individually and collectively gather Israel. Okay, so love, share, and invite, be an example, and individually and collectively gather Israel. So let's dive into this love, share, and invite. And you may have been hearing this. It's been shared in a number of different conference talks over the past year or two. 
this is kind of the new focus of our missionary efforts. And as Elder Stevenson, Gary E. Stevenson has shared, this isn't a new program. This is something that we've already been doing, right? Haven't we been encouraged to love our neighbor as ourselves, to share the gospel and to invite others to take action? Okay, Elder Gary E. Stevenson stated, Whenever we show Christ-like love toward our neighbor, we preach the gospel, even if we do not voice a single word. When it comes to missionary work, God doesn't need you to be his sheriff. He does, however, ask that you be his sharer. There are hundreds of invitations we can extend to others. We can invite others to come and see a sacrament service, a word activity, an online video that explains the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come and see can be an invitation to read the Book of Mormon or visit a new temple during its open house prior to its dedication. Sometimes the invitation is something we extend inward, an invitation to ourselves, giving us awareness and vision of opportunities surrounding us to act upon." End quote. There, there truly are countless ways, and, and obviously, if this were hundreds of years ago, we wouldn't have the opportunity for impact that we have today. A simple text message or post on a social media platform can literally reach hundreds, thousands, even millions of people. It's pretty amazing the reach that our good actions can have in this day and age. Another focus I wanted to have on this love share invite is, and this comes from an October 2021 general conference address, which was entitled, Hold Up Your Light. And the speaker of this talk was Elder Marcus B. Nash of the 70. He stated, quote, joy, hope, sustaining power from God, protection from temptation, healing, all of these and more, including forgiveness of sins, distill upon us from heaven as we share the gospel, end quote. There are so many blessings that come from sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And these aren't blessings that Elder Marcus B. Nash is promising. Promising. These are promises that come from our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, when, and as we've talked about in previous episodes, when they promise us something, we can rely upon those promises. Are you striving to overcome some sort of sin or addiction in your life? There is power that comes from sharing the gospel. Obviously, working with a priesthood authority and, and focusing on overcoming that, that sin or addiction is important, but it's powerful to me that simply sharing the gospel brings a spirit into your life that can help you to overcome sin and addiction. Another thought that I had along this topic, and this comes from his classic book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Powerful Lessons in, Pers in Personal Change. Author Stephen R. Covey writes, quote, the third character trait essential to win-win is the abundance mentality, the paradigm that there is plenty out there for everybody. 
Most people are deeply scripted in what I call the scarcity mentality. They see life as having only so much, as though there were only one pie out there. And if someone were to get a big piece of the pie, it would mean less for everybody else. The scarcity mentality is the zero-sum paradigm of life. People with a scarcity mentality have a very difficult time sharing recognition and credit, power or profit, even with those who help in the production. They also have a very hard time being genuinely happy for the successes of other people, even, and sometimes especially, members of their own family or close friends and associates. It's almost as if something is being taken away from them when someone else receives special recognition of or windfall gain or has remarkable success or achievement, end quote. My takeaway there is that our Heavenly Father has promised each one of us, if we do take the steps that are necessary, he has promised each one of us all that he has. One more person making it to the celestial kingdom does not reduce our, air quotes, piece of the pie. We... I believe that an abundance mentality where we believe that everyone has the opportunity to inherit everything that our Heavenly Father has to offer is the true perspective. So my takeaway for love, share, and invite is to share the gospel in word and deed in normal and natural ways. There are tremendous blessings that come from doing this. Okay, let's move on to this kind of second section of being a beacon light example. So first, let's discuss being a beacon light example in our observance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. First, I wanted to share two verses from the book of 3 Nephi in the Book of Mormon. The first is 3 Nephi chapter 12, verse 16. It says, Therefore, let your light so shine before this people, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And obviously, this is our Savior Jesus Christ speaking in this verse. So he says, to let our light so shine. I want you to think about what that light is. What light are we shining before other people? Is it, is it our example? Are we to be good people so that when others see us, they think of the Savior? There's some clarity that comes when we also look at 3 Nephi chapter 18, verse 24. That states, Therefore, hold up your light that it may shine unto the world. Behold, I, the Savior, behold, I am the light which ye shall hold up, that which ye have seen me do. Do what Jesus would do. It's as simple as that, and I know it's not that simple because each one of us struggles each day to do what Jesus would do. But great, thankfully, we have living prophets, seers, and revelators on the earth who are teaching us what exactly it is that Jesus Christ wants us to do. In his April 2013 General Conference Address, which was entitled, Lord, 
I believe, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland stated, quote, So be kind regarding human frailty, your own as well as that of those who serve with you in a church led by volunteer mortal men and women. Except in the case of his only perfect begotten son, imperfect people are all God has ever had to work with. That must be terribly frustrating to him, but he deals with it. So should we. And when you see imperfection, remember that the limitation is not in the divinity of the work. As one gifted writer has suggested, when the infinite fullness is poured forth, it is not the oil's fault if there is some loss because finite vessels can't quite contain it all. Those finite vessels include you and me, so be patient and kind and forgiving. End quote. And one more quote, and then I'll, I'll kind of talk about some a takeaway. And, and this is from Elder Neil A. Maxwell's book, Things as They Really Are. He wrote, The disciple is expected to give appreciation always and to be thankful, but he is forewarned against requiring reciprocity as a condition of friendship. He is further told to pay little heed to ingratitude toward him. We can't dwell upon another's ingratitude without using up our time and talents unprofitably, end quote. So I guess my takeaway here is to, to be a beacon light example in our observance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We obviously can strive to live our lives like the Savior. But another thought that kept coming to me and that I've now shared two quotes on this week was the importance of treating others with kindness, even, even if, and probably especially if, they don't reciprocate that kindness. We talked about this in the first General Conference Applied episode where we discussed President Russell M. Nelson's talk, Peacemakers Needed, that each of us is a natural man or woman. None of us is perfect. Each of us makes mistakes. For us to become a Zion people, it's crucial for us to love one another in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of the wrong things that we do. This, this is a powerful lesson that's been coming to me this week, and I know that it's something that I need to work on so that I can be a better beacon light example in my observance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, now let's discuss some ways that we can be a beacon light example in the way we care about and treat others. This comes from a book entitled The Plateau Effect, Getting from Stuck to Success. The authors of that book, Bob Sullivan and Hugh Thompson, wrote the following, quote, We've spent 20 years each talking to people for a living, people from all walks of life, and without hesitation, we can say this. Most people are lonely and then desperately happy when someone asks them a question and truly listens for the answer, end quote. Here's another quote along those same lines. This comes from an October 2018 general conference address, which was entitled, Try, 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 by President Henry B. Eyring. He stated, many years ago, 
I was first counselor to a district president in the Eastern United States. More than once, as we were driving to our little branches, he said to me, Hal, when you meet someone, treat them as if they were in serious trouble, and you'll be right more than half the time. President Iron continues, not only was he right, but I have learned over the years that he was too low in his estimate, end quote. And then in this talk, Elder Cook stated, quote, Our Heavenly Father's plan for safely gathering his children to our heavenly home is not based on worldly success, economic status, education, race, or gender. Father's plan is based on righteousness, keeping his commandments, and receiving sacred ordinances and honoring the covenants we make. The divinely inspired doctrine that we are all brothers and sisters and all are alike unto God underlies this great work of gathering. This doctrine accords with those who deeply desire for people of diverse economic and racial status to experience better lives. We applaud and join in such efforts. Moreover, we desire for all of God's children to come unto him and receive the eternal blessings he offers through his gospel. End quote. So where am I going with all this? As someone who struggles with life more, probably more frequently than I'd like to admit, I want to let you know that you're not alone. Life is hard. We might consider following President Russell M. Nelson's invitation from, from his April 2023 General Conference address, Peacemakers Needed. In each of our interactions with others, in that talk, President Nelson stated, how we treat each other really matters. How we speak to and about others at home, at church, at work, and online really matters. Today, I am asking us to interact with others in a higher, holier way. Please listen carefully. If there is anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report or praiseworthy that we can say about another person, whether to, to his face or behind her back, that should be our standard of communication, end quote. In this talk, I got a sense that Elder Cook, though, of course, he's talking about sharing the gospel, the blessings of the gospel with all people, both on the earth today and those who have already passed on. He's also talking about loving people. And we're going to talk about this in the next section where we start talking about Israel, but just love people. Others don't need our judgment. They need our love. Now that doesn't mean that we accept all the choices that others make, but what I'm feeling, what I'm sensing here. Well, let's, let's just dive into this, this next section of individually and collectively gathering Israel, because in this section, we talk about the human family, and that's exactly what it is. If Heavenly Father is my father, and he's your father, and he's everyone else's father, then aren't each one of us one big family? At the end of the day, once all temple work is completed, won't that mean that the entire human family has been sealed together? 
And so it might be time for us to start contemplating that. That even those other people who cheer for the other football team are part of your family. Or even that other person who, fill in the blank, is part of your family. That's a powerful realization. And it might just change the way that we act and react in life. So let's let's dive into this individually and collectively gathering Israel. And in this talk, Elder Cook talked about a number of different people. He talked about people on the islands of the sea where he has served in his church service in Great Britain, the Philippines, and in the Polynesian islands. He, he talks about the history of the house of Israel, Abraham, their they end up in finally in Israel, but then they're scattered because of wickedness. And so a question that I was kind of contemplating is why did the gathering even need to happen? Right? Why couldn't Israel have just stayed together? Would not have made this gathering process a little bit easier. And, you know, it's interesting in footnote 23 of this talk, Elder Cook had a, a great statement. And he stated, our doctrine is clear. The Lord scattered the tribes of Israel because of their rebellion and their unrighteousness. However, the Lord also utilized the scattering of his chosen people among the nations of the world to bless those nations. It reminds me of this classic statement, and this is from Elder Chi Hong Sam Wong. It was in his April 2021 General Conference Address, which was entitled, they cannot prevail, we cannot fall. He stated, God is our Heavenly Father. He loves all of us. He knows our potential way better than we know ourselves. He knows not only the details of our lives, God knows the details of the details of the details of our lives. End quote. Our Heavenly Father clearly knew that the scattering would happen, but our Heavenly Father uses all things for his purposes. It's a powerful, a powerful thought. And I also encountered an idea, and I wanted to share this with you. This, this is my late add to the game. I, I literally just added this quote to my show notes right before recording this episode. So hopefully it benefits someone out there. This was in Elder James E. Talmadge's book, The Great Apostasy. He wrote, our Heavenly Father has a full knowledge of the nature and disposition of each of his children, a knowledge gained by long observation and experience in the past eternity of our primeval childhood, a knowledge compared with which that gained by earthly parents through mortal experience with their children is infinitesimally small. By reason of that surpassing knowledge, God reads the future of child and children, of men individually and of men collectively, as communities and nations. He knows what each will do under given conditions and sees the end from the beginning. His foreknowledge is based on intelligence and reason. He foresees the future as a state which naturally and surely will be, not as one which must be because he has arbitrarily willed that it shall be." End quote. That's a big quote and obviously you can Go back and look at that in the show notes to, to dive into it a little bit deeper. But basically, 
because our Heavenly Father has known us, known us for eons of time, he basically knows how we are going to react in any situation. However, this powerful thought, I'm going to share this with you, he also knows the moment that you will choose to change. I love that thought. He knows the moment that you can change, that you will change your current trajectory toward the trajectory that he desires you to take. Your future is not written. Our Heavenly Father knows when you will make that change to become like him and become like our Savior, Jesus Christ. I read an excellent article, and this is in the September 2023 Liahona. So this month's Liahona magazine it was Elder Garrett W. Gong. The, the article was entitled Brothers and Sisters in the Lord. Here's a couple of power, powerful paragraphs from that article. Quote, covenant belonging to be connected with God and with each other by covenant invites us to fulfill our divine identity and purpose by communing with heaven and by connecting and creating a community of saints as we love and serve each other and those around us. In providing opportunity for covenant commitment and covenant belonging, God is no respecter of persons. He invites each of us, women and men, married or unmarried, whatever our background and circumstance, to come unto him and each other by covenant. This is the part that stood out to me. When we belong by covenant to the Lord, we also belong by covenant to each other. Remarkable things happen when we love the Lord and cooperate, counsel together, and serve each other. Covenant service strengthens our ties with the Lord and with each other. This includes our personal relationship with our Heavenly Father, family, church congregation, community, and family generations. As we live our covenants, we lose our self-centered selves and find our best Christ-centered selves, end quote. I think that's an interesting thought. When we belong by covenant to the Lord, we also belong by covenant to each other. How might that change the way that we treat one another? How might that change the way that we serve in the Lord's church? Here's another quote, and, and this, this is in reference to, well, actually, let me share another quote first, and then I'll dive into this other topic. In this talk, Elder Cook had stated, no one has addressed the gathering more directly than President Russell M. Nelson. President Nelson said, anytime you do anything that helps anyone on either side of the veil, take a step toward making covenants with God and receiving their essential baptismal and temple ordinances, you are helping to gather Israel. It is as simple as that." End quote. Now, the quote that I'm going to share now, and this is from President Russell M. Nelson's April 2021 General Conference Address, which was entitled, What We Are Learning and Will Never Forget, which was obviously delivered during the, the pandemic. I think it was during a a priesthood session, if I recall correctly, is this, this thought that uh, this invitation that Elder Cook had shared, right, was my specific prayer 
Today is for every child, young man, young woman, family, quorum, relief society, and class to review how we individually and collectively accept dramatic counsel to help gather Israel that has been issued by the Lord and our beloved prophet. So, so with that in mind, not only individually gathering Israel, but collectively in all those different groups as families, as quorums, as classes, as relief society groups. Okay, so here's the quote from President Nelson. During the pandemic, Sunday quorum meetings were canceled for a time. Some quorums are now able to meet virtually. And this was obviously in April 2021. So, but uh, continuing the quote, nevertheless, the work that the Lord has given to priesthood quorums was never meant to be confined to a meeting. Meetings are only a small part of what a quorum is meant for and what it can do. My brethren of the Aaronic priesthood and elders quorums, expand your vision of why we have quorums. How does the Lord wish you would use your quorum to accomplish his work now? Seek revelation from the Lord. Humble yourself. Ask. Listen. If you have been called to lead, counsel as a presidency and with quorum members. Whatever your priesthood office or calling, let God prevail in your commitment as a member of your quorum and in your service. Experience with joy the righteousness you will bring to pass as you are anxiously engaged in a good cause. Quorums are in a unique position to accelerate the gathering of Israel on both sides of the veil. End quote. I felt like Elder Cook's invitation was a direct follow-up to that quote from President Nelson. He encouraged us at this point two and a half years ago to utilize our quorums, in particular quorums, but we can extend that to families, to relief societies, to other groups, classes, that we are in a unique position in these groups to accelerate the gathering of Israel on both sides of the veil. I can't tell you how often I have contemplated this thought since listening to that talk that, that a quorum, a priesthood quorum, is not confined to a meeting. Obviously, if we are identifying elders quorum with that meeting that's on the second and fourth Sundays during the second hour of our church block, then we are missing something. At least that's what our, our president, our prophet and president is telling us. Our Heavenly Father knew that the scattering of Israel would occur because of wickedness. Yet he utilized the scattering to bless the nations of the earth. The gathering of Israel is literally connecting the entire human family by covenant in temples. As we continue this great effort in the temples, let's not forget those who are still here with us. This thought that I had, teaching your children the gospel of Jesus Christ in word and deed is just as much a part of the gathering as is doing family history work and performing proxy ordinances in the temple for your ancestors. That's what President Nelson said. Anytime you do anything that helps anyone on either side of the veil take a step toward making covenants with God, you are helping to gather Israel. Also, we don't need to do this alone. The Lord has organized us in elders quorums and relief societies, and he, through his prophet, 
has invited us to find ways to collectively gather Israel. And gathering Israel is something that President Nelson has stated is the greatest challenge, cause, and work on earth today. So how am I going to take action? The invitation that I feel drawn to is the one that we've just been discussing. This, my specific prayer today is for every child, young man, young woman, family, quorum, Relief Society, and class to review how we individually and collectively accept dramatic counsel to help gather Israel that has been issued by the Lord and our beloved prophet. You know the word that stood out to me? Child. Elder Cook is inviting a child to do something. Now, I don't know about your children, but my children may have been present during Elder Cook's Saturday morning general conference address, but they probably don't know that a prophet, seer, and revelator has invited them to gather Israel, to follow the counsel of President Russell and Nelson and to gather Israel. The thought that I had and that I'm going to take action on this week is that I have three young kids in my home, and this invitation from Elder Cook applies to them. And so I will discuss as a family how we are currently helping to gather Israel and where we might make improvements. I think that will probably involve explaining to my children what exactly the gathering is. And we, you know, we've talked about it before and, and can explain how obviously the Israelites were in Egypt. They went through the Red Sea. My kids all remember that story from last year's Come Follow Me. And, but then they were scattered throughout the earth and my oldest son and I have read the Book of Mormon, and so he is aware that Lehi and his posterity, they were scattered, obviously, from the other group of the, the Israelites. But I think that, that this is something that I want to take action on this week, to discuss as a family how we, as a family unit, especially with these young children, are currently helping to gather Israel and where we might make some improvements. Once again, I would encourage you to enlist the help of an accountability partner, if that would be helpful for you, to, to really take action on these invitations from prophets, seers, and revelators, and other church leaders. But as I typically remind you, do something, do anything, but to start, just do one thing. Don't bite off more than, more than you can chew. But find a way to take action on these invitations that I've shared now through these eight episodes, I testify that the scattering of Israel did occur and that the gathering of Israel is taking place. I was just reading an article yesterday that tomorrow, and so I'm recording this on Saturday, September 16th, but on Sunday, September 17th, for the first time in the history, in the church's history, there will be three temples dedicated on the same day. Let's see, uh, Brasilia, Brazil, uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, and Moses Lake, Washington. And for the, yeah, for, for the first time in history, three temples dedicated on the same day. And, and obviously with the number of temples that 
have been announced or under construction. I'm sure that will, that will happen again soon, but it's pretty amazing. The work really is spreading forth. I feel that big things are coming and that our Heavenly Father through and our Savior through their prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, is preparing the earth for that. So that's that's something that I'm striving to do and that, that I will work on this week is to find a way that I and my family can more effectively gather Israel. I testify that this is the Lord's work. I testify that each one of us is a son or daughter of our Heavenly Father, that we're all part of the same family. And that once we truly understand that, our lives will change. And I testify that our Savior Jesus Christ lives, that he loves each one of us. And I share that testimony with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have an awesome week, and I look forward to speaking with you in the next episode.